When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Hour 4 of Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, and on ESPN Plus. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Amber Wilson and Mike Wells, we're taking you up until 7 o'clock Eastern, filling in for the guys. You can tweet to us at Amber W Sports, at Mike Wells NFL. You can also join the conversation on the CC Colin line at 888-SAY-ESPN. We had a ton of callers earlier because this Kevin Durant potential landing spot conversation is a very hot one right now, Mike Wells. Kevin Durant, the NBA offseason generally is the gift that keeps on giving to us here in the sports radio world. Adrian Wojnarowski, ESPN's NBA insider, recently told us what the Brooklyn Nets are looking for from any team that might end up with him. Brooklyn's mandate internally is to get the biggest, best package of assets, draft picks, and players that they can get for Kevin Durant. And with four years left on his contract, they have that leverage. There are certainly more teams who are willing to bring in a player, whether he wants to be there or not, who's got to play with four years left, especially somebody like Kevin Durant who loves to play. And I think you look at the Rudy Gobert trade to the Timberwolves last week and look at that as a baseline. And I think that's what the Nets are doing, certainly draft pick-wise, you know, essentially five first-round picks. And I think right now for Brooklyn, they're looking at perhaps four to five first-round picks, Mm. pick swaps, and then an all-star level player at the minimum. So we know that, first of all, there's a ton of rumors out there about the Golden State Warriors, right? So we know that, that, that they're part of the conversation, of course, KD's relationship there, the time he spent there, the championships, all that. We unpacked all of that earlier in the show. If you miss any of that, check out the Canty and Carlin podcast on the ESPN app. We also know, Mike Wells, that there's two teams on his list of preferred destinations. That's the Phoenix Suns and the Miami Heat. So let's take a look for just real quickly at those potential trades. Let me know who you think would be in the best position out of those teams. A lot of people think he's already going to the Suns. They think that that might already be in the works and we're avoiding a, you know, a tampering uh, charge elsewhere. So the Suns package would look something like DeAndre Ayton, Mikhail Bridges, Cam Johnson, a 2024 and 2026 first rounder. What do you make of that package for the Nets? Mm. See, for, I'm not, I'm not sold on Ayton being a fr- franchise player. Cam Johnson, Mikhail Bridges are role players. I'm more enticed by the draft picks off of that. So, yeah, as as my and, as my daughter likes to say, and that's kind of my that's what. And that any is. and realistically, anybody's gonna throw picks into this deal because, of course, Brooklyn's going to want first round picks in order to get Kevin Durant. And so, anybody's throwing picks into this deal if they don't have them, there will be a third team involved, right, uh, in this deal in order to acquire those picks. But we know with the Suns and aging Chris Paul, like they have to win now, they have to capitalize on this opportunity, and it seems like they're going to have to make some changes to do it, even though they were the one seed out of the West. They cannot get it done in the postseason. A team that has an easier time. Getting it done a bit in the postseason is the Miami Heat, an NBA Finals appearance in 2020, an Eastern Conference Finals appearance. They're one shot away from another NBA Finals just this past season. And would they blow it up, though, Mike, in order to obtain KD? That 
package would look something like maybe like a Tyler Hero, Kyle Lowry, Max Struess, Gabe Vincent, a couple first-round picks. One of those wouldn't come until 2028 if they kept their current picks. There's also something that Canty had actually proposed off-air to me because I'm a big Miami Heat fan. He had said, what about if you throw Bam in the deal as well? And in order to do that, you would have to take on Ben Simmons. Would that be more intriguing, do you think, to the Brooklyn Nets? If they could get Bam Adebayo out of the deal, in addition to Tyler Hero and then Kyle Lowry, maybe, and some of these other pieces. That's more enticing from the Brooklyn side of things, which is the key out of it. But your first scenario sounded better with uh for 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 miami and listen you've you've followed the miami heat for years and years and years you know pat riley will not hesitate to pull the trigger on any kind of deal to make the to make the high, uh heat title continue teams but if you if you're able to keep bam to go along with jimmy butler and kevin durant that is they are the favorites in the east and no offense to Giannis, so i think Giannis. And the Bucks are going to come back strong and, and Boston, who got to the NBA Finals. But that trio of Bam, Jimmy, and Kevin Durant, that is a lot of length, a lot of defense, and a lot of scoring on top of things. I, I mean, like if you that. could maintain Bam and KD yes. and Jimmy, please, basketball gods, somehow <laughs> allow that to happen. But Pat Riley is ruthless. There is nobody he wouldn't trade in order to win a championship. He might even trade the owner, Mickey Harrison, if that was going to get him a championship. Jimmy would be on the trade block probably if it was Pat, if he felt like <laughs> that was going to get him a championship. Of course, you can't decimate that team entirely. Uh, some other things that would be exciting to me outside of the Miami Heat. This one would be exciting to me. The Memphis Grizzlies. Grizzlies. You could trade away if you're the Grizz, Jaron Jackson Jr., Desmond Bain, Dylan Brooks, a 2023 first, a 2025 first. They have upcoming firsts here. I mean, those are some fun young pieces. And man, to see KD on that young Grizzlies team next to Jaw, does that interest you at all, Mike Wells? Oh, yes. Oh, it, it definitely interests me because, listen, Desmond Bain averaged 18 points. Jalen, I mean, excuse me, Jaron Jackson, 16. And you're getting a first-round pick in 2023 and 2025. You're not waiting until 2028 for that first-round pick to get in. That right there, that's a nice little carrot to to, uh, dangle because the Brooklyn Nets are getting two young, 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 very talented picks and a couple of first-round picks. Ooh, that one. That That one's interesting. And that one, I think, as a basketball fan, not that you think – of Memphis is like, you know, one of one of these like big, you know, it's not the Lakers fine market wise, but man, that team is so young and fun. And jaw is just so exciting to me. I mean, I would as a basketball fan and I have I have no dog in the fight because it's not like I'm a Grizzlies fan. But as a basketball fan, I'd love to see it. I'm glad I'm glad you waited till we were on the air to tell me about that one, because I was very intrigued. I'm like, why in the world is Amber want to talk about the Grizzlies? You might you might have an opportunity to be a GM someday. You might be there able to slide go. into that chair the way you're throwing <laughs> scenarios out today. Uh, maybe if the Philadelphia 76ers want to give me a call, um, I can take Daryl Morey's job as well because this is the package that maybe they could put together. Tell me if this is interesting. Tyrese Maxey, I mean, coming off a breakout season, Tobias Harris, Matisse Thibel, and then they have a 2024 first-rounder they could throw in nope, there. Nah, their I'm next one, I think, is sorry, a 2029. Stop, stop, stop. Let's move on to the next team. I'm sorry. Nope, 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 no, no, not interest. into it at all? No, no, not at and all. And Why? Thank you. Thank you, Shannon. Is it is it KD pairing back up with James Harden that you don't believe in? Is it the Nets component of this? 
Yeah, no, it, it, it's the uh, – first of all, I don't think – if I'm KD, I don't want to be anywhere near James Harden again. And uh, the fact that, uh, like, late Whitney Houston used to say on her show, hell to the nah, that's how that's how I look at that one. I'm sorry, okay. Maxie and Thibault and Tobias Harris – that just that's not enough to say it makes me want to do all, all yeah three. i'm I, I don't i don't love it i don't love it for the nets i don't love it from the nets perspective frankly uh the boston celtics tell me if you like this one because the celtics would have to probably give up jalen brown and marcus smart in order to get this done you could throw in like a pritchard maybe a grant williams as well uh they have a 2024 and a 2026 first rounder they could get rid of too oh if i'm if i'm first of all kevin durant he's great he's great but Jalen Brown has the tools to be great, and he is a lot younger than Kevin Garnett. I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Kevin Durant. <laughs> He's also younger than <laughs> yes, Kevin Garnett. Yes. Speaking of the Celtics, well, I mean, Jalen Brown, he'll just turn 26 years old this year. I'm not. Do- if I'm Boston, I'm not even. I'm not so, enticing that one. Boston is the rare team to me because I always say like 29 should be interested in trading for KD. And I still think you make those phone calls no matter who you are because KD Mm -hmm. is that great. However, Boston's the rare team to me. I don't do it if I'm Boston. You know, most of these teams, I'm like, oh, I'm not doing it if I'm Brooklyn. I'm not doing it if I'm Boston because Boston was just there in the NBA finals with that young core. And here I do think age matters. If you had to blow it up or you'd have to put Brown and Marcus Smart both in that deal I, I'm not I'm not doing it if I'm Boston because I know I have almost enough plus they improved this offseason I feel like I could get over that hump and win a championship without yes. having to decimate that young squad and if I can keep them together maybe I can get a lot more championships out of that team coming up next what is the most impactful move of the NBA offseason so far we have teased it 37 times over the last three hours I promise you we're going to get to it in hour four passion drive and patience the formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Wilson and Mike Wells filling in for the guys on Canty and Carlin. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your car, home, motorcycle, commercial, auto, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive. Dot com. So, Mike, we keep teasing it throughout the show. Let's go ahead and get to it. What would you say is the biggest move of the NBA offseason so far pre-KD getting moved? Because we know eventually that's going to be the biggest move. But in the pre-KD move era, what's the biggest one so far? What I'm about to say is going to be very biased. So, um, and I will explain. But the Timberwolves getting Rudy Gobert from the Utah Jazz. You're looking at a foundation now, Rudy Gobert, Carl Anthony Towns. Anthony, uh, you got you got a you got Anthony Edwards. You got D'Angelo Russell. There hasn't been this much excitement for the Timberwolves organization since the 2003-2004 season, 
when I was covering that franchise, when they had Kevin Garnett, the Trail Spreewell, Sam Cassell, Wally Zerbiak, and they got to the conference finals and lost to Kobe, Shaq, Carl Malone, and Gary Payton in the L.A. Lakers, there hasn't been this much excitement about the direction of this franchise. That pick, yes, they gave up a lot, a lot of draft picks, but it's going to be hot in the Target Center in the Twin Cities with that front line. Carl Anthony Towns now no longer has to be that rim protector. Rudy Gobert just simply has to block shots because they had the offense to go on the outside and on the perimeter. Uh, and, I mean, excuse me, and into the paint. So I, I love when the Timberwolves made that move. I was like, yes. You're talking about a franchise that hasn't had success in almost 20 years mm-hmm. as far as making a deep run in the postseason. So I love it, love it, love it, love it as my favorite move so far. It has been a long time since Wolves fans have had anything legitimate to get excited about or, or be excited about where this team could go as potentially a legitimate contender. I don't know if Rudy Gobert makes them championship, but you feel like they're on their way there. And, of course, they, they gave Carl Anthony Towns that four-year extension. You mentioned, though, the price tag of what they paid for Gobert. Not only was it you know Malik Beasley and, and some other parts there, but it was first-rounders, 2023, 2025, 2027, and a top-five protected in 2029. That is a lot of picks to give up for Rudy Gobert, a player who people probably underappreciate, Mike, because he doesn't do anything offensively. I mean, he really doesn't at all. However, defensively, that dude is elite. I thought that the Mavs really should have gone hard after him, but I do like this pairing a lot for the Timberwolves. So does Andre Snellings. He agrees with you. Uh, So it's not just your biased Minnesota perspective. He agrees with you here. ESPN's senior writer, he was on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max with me on Monday. He also agreed Gobert is the biggest move so far. He's just a huge impact guy. So you, you take that Timberwolves team I saw last season and give them a defense, and it doesn't even really change their style that much because their, their former power forward, Vanderbilt, played a lot like a traditional center. So you just upgrade that position, give them an outstanding defense to go with that strong offense. I think they're going to be tough to beat. Yeah, and they got rid of Jared Vanderbilt in that deal for Gobert. I, I agree. I mean, I think that this makes – The Timberwolves, a more exciting team and a much, much better team. Uh, So a big move for them. There were some other big moves. I think I would go with the Boston Celtics, Mike, because we spent a lot of watching them. If you watch them closely in the postseason and watching them in the Eastern Conference Finals and in the NBA Finals, the big glaring problem for them was that they need a true guard. They need a true point guard. And they went ahead and they got that done this offseason with Malcolm Brogdon. I mean, he makes that team better. He already adds to their ridiculously stacked defense. He's another ball handler for them. He's a scorer for them. He's another Celtic who can shoot, he can create, and he can defend. And that's making a team that was already in the NBA Finals and just didn't have quite enough to get past that Warriors team significantly better. Plus, they got Gallinari as well. I like what the Celtics have done, frankly, this offseason. The rich got richer. I got to disagree with you on the Malcolm Brogdon trade. From a perspective of just talent alone, yes. But for just like so many other players, Brogdon has not been able to stay healthy. I mean, you know, I, I went to I've gone to a number of Pacers games where Malcolm spent the past three seasons, and I mean, he only played thirty six games last season, fifty six um, in the twenty twenty one, and then oh, he had fifty four in the in the shortened pandemic season. But the reality is, he's never played an entire season in the first six years of his NBA career. 
Boston was knocking on the door. They had a two-to-one lead over the Golden State Warriors in the NBA Finals. Yes, they needed to find a true point guard to get Marcus Smart off of the ball, but you're bringing in a guy that you can't depend on in Brogdon. He's been injured way too often, and that was the frustration with him here in Indiana is that, yes, incredible talent stats alone. You look at his numbers, I mean, 19, 21, and almost 17 in, uh, points per game in his three seasons here, all at least six assists per game in those three years. But it's the fact that if you're, if you're not reliable, there's no need for you to stay in the organization. Maybe a fresh start will help Malcolm Brogdon, but if the Boston Celtics are banking on him giving, playing, you know, around 75 or 80 games, good luck with that because he's got the injury bug and quite honestly, he's a little soft when it comes to injuries. Uh, he does have the injury bug. Durability is definitely a concern. I just don't feel like they're going to need him out there for all 82, right? Or, or maybe even 75. Like, they were so good already this season. We are talking about a team that, as it's currently constructed, was in the NBA Finals. And so it's just what is going to get them over that hump. And and they bring in Brogdon for, you know, some, some pieces here, basically for a 2023 first-rounder. And I do think that if he it can stay available to them in the postseason, most importantly, then he does have help them uh, with that need. Gallinari also giving them some more scoring off the bench just helps lighten the load for that main core, uh, makes things, make that team deeper. So them making any moves, I would say that the worst offseason so far, maybe the Dallas Mavericks, I mean, them losing Jalen Brunson, Sure, they got Christian Wood. Uh, that's but if those two things, then that's kind of obsolete. And frankly, Brunson is the better player there. I don't really like what the Mavs have done. I thought that they needed to get Luca more help, and they haven't done that so far. Unless Katie's going there. It, it, it's funny as you, you well, you mentioned oh, you mentioned what Luka, they could trade for I, him though. And I, I'm sitting here saying, if I'm Luca, I'm reaching out to him like, hey guys, I lost my starting point guard. Mm-hmm. Uh, where's the rest of the help going to come from? I need some help right. because. I can only carry the franchise on my back for so long. Yeah, I, I, I don't like uh, so far what the Mavs have done this offseason at all. Coming up next, which team not named the Brooklyn Nets is having the worst offseason? I just did that, Shannon Penn. I forgot. You know what? We're going to expand on that conversation. It's going to get even better than it just was. Stay tuned here on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Midway through the six o'clock hour here on Canty and Carlin, Amber Wilson and Mike Wells filling in for the guys. Mike, we were just talking at the end of last segment about the worst offseason in the NBA so far. And at some point here, the worst offseason is probably going to be the Brooklyn Nets, right? Because I think if you're losing Kevin Durant and seemingly Kyrie Irving from your team, they're forcing their way out, then that's probably the one that ends up going in the books, even if eventually the picks or whatever they get in exchange ends up working out in the long run. KD, though, he wants out. He doesn't actually have to be out. Mike Wells, right? Like the Nets don't actually have to deal with that right now 
in the offseason. Do you see any scenario where the Nets should start the season with Kevin Durant on their roster? How should the Nets handle this Kevin Durant situation? How patient should they be? They should be patient, but I don't see any way that Kevin Durant starts the regular season on the roster because teams know how talented Kevin is, and at some point they're going to offer a package that the Brooklyn Nets can't turn down. And if I'm Brooklyn, I don't want Kevin Garnett on the roster at the start of training camp because this is the guy that came to us and asked to get traded. It wasn't that Brooklyn said, okay, you know what, we need to move on from Kevin Garnett and just do it. You keep calling him Kevin Garnett, which is funny I mean, because he I mean, also I, I, demanded. I, I, I mean, I don't know. He, why. Another Kevin superstar Garnett. who got traded, right? That one ended up working out. I, I got Kevin Garnett. Stop, stop. I, I got him on the brain for since we started talking about. <laughs> I knew we were going to be talking about the Timberwolves at some point. I keep seven, saying Kevin Garnett, Kevin Durant. Yes. If I'm Brooklyn, I am not going to sit here and have him on the roster to start a trading camp because it was Durant who came to us and said, please. Can you trade us? Can can you trade me? If it was the other way around, you can hold on to him until you felt happy about it. But you know, knowing that Durant doesn't want to be there, teams are going to keep trying to throw every, every possible scenario on him until the Brooklyn Nets bite and Brooklyn says, all right, Katie, we're going to send you to this next des- destination. So, I mean, unless I'm wrong, do you see any scenario where KD is I don't because Brooklyn? I- I don't because I think I mean you're going to get the best packages. I think now, like I think people are, are they're not going to they're not going to call the Brooklyn Nets bluff here. Like I think that they want Kevin Durant on their teams and they want Kevin Durant on their teams for the start of the season. So I, I don't see a scenario where the Nets end up having to hang on to him. You know, it's not like a like a Baker Mayfield with the Browns situation like we're seeing with the NFL where it feels like Carolina and Seattle are just calling the Browns bluff, you know, and waiting yes. for the price tag to come down even lower or them and, to cut and also Baker. KD is going to impact a a franchise a lot more than what Baker Mayfield will do for a football team. A lot more and a lot better. And so uh, so people are willing to move. I don't think they're calling the bluff of the Brooklyn Nets. And also, you know that that price tag is going to be extraordinarily high. And you know it's not going to get lower. He's got four years left on his deal. He's Kevin bleeping Durant. So it's not going to become a lower price tag if we're a little bit patient for a couple months here. There is another component to this conversation, though, and that is, does he have to be traded at all? He has asked for a trade. He has requested one. He went straight to the owner and did it. Is there a possibility that the relationship could even be repaired? Maybe they're in Brooklyn. Adam Schefter, ESPN's NFL insider. He was on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max earlier, and he had thoughts about the NBA in this situation with Kevin Durant. Last year, Aaron Rodgers wanted to be traded. Was he traded? No, he was not. This year, Debo Samuel wanted to be traded. Was he traded? No, he was not. Now, I know basketball is a different sport, but just because a superstar player, a la Aaron Rodgers, a la Debo Samuel, wants to be traded, doesn't mean that a a team has to acquiesce and go and trade that guy. Now, saying that, I know basketball is different. I know that when superstars ask for trades, More often than not, they have to be accommodated. And if the Nets decide to do accommodate Kevin Durant, I'd have one name in return that I would want to get back for him. Scotty Barnes. Get Scotty Barnes. Love Scotty Barnes. Uh, That is exactly who they would want back from him if they were willing to do that deal. Plus, uh, a whole lot else, frankly, in return. Mike Wells, you have covered it all in terms of basketball and football. Is there any chance that this works out in an Aaron Rodgers NFL type of way 
where the Brooklyn Nets just like don't end up trading Kevin Durant. No, I mean, and you know, Adam to Adam's credit, he acknowledged that the NFL and NBA are way different. I think in the NBA, there's way more power from the players than what the NFL has. And Kevin Durant, they they he is adamant that he wants to go elsewhere. Aaron Rodgers was just Aaron Rodgers was disgruntled with Green Bay and how things were going because he didn't have as much say what's going on in the Packers. Um, when you look at a lot of it has to do with the contracts too. And why NBA players feel like they have so much power is because they can't just get cut and lose all their money. In the NFL, you can you can hold out and not want to be there. You're going to lose out on your money because teams can cut ties because money's not guaranteed. Kevin Durant is he has he is in a situation where he knows at some point he'll get moved. Maybe it may not be to the team that he requests, whether it's Miami or Phoenix. But prior to training camp, I mean, shoot. It may it may be sometime this week or the next couple of weeks where Kevin Durant has a new organization he's played for. So it is definitely different from uh, the NFL standpoint uh, when you try to compare NFL and NBA. It's just such smaller rosters. They just wield so much power. Like you said, the guaranteed contracts, the money that's at stake here. And then we are talking about what the second best player in the entire league, you know, we're talking about one of the generational talents of this generation in Kevin Durant. And yes, he's in his thirties. He's still got four years left on that deal though. So if you trade for him, he's locked in to your franchise, presumably, unless he forces his way out again. Uh, But you would hope that you have the right pieces around around him to make him happy you laughed at that Mike Wells because it's true like even today like we're like oh you've got him for four years if you trade for him it's like, well we think you know but that's how much power these players have in the NBA no you're, you're you're I mean listen James Harden is the poster child for uh being able to force your way out of organizations yep I mean, over and over again it. He did it in Houston. He did it in Brooklyn who knows if and when he'll do it out of in, in, in Philadelphia so he got traded for, out of OKC too Exactly. So if you're if you're Durant, you're you're hoping Durant's hoping that this gets done sooner. And I think the Brooklyn um, Nets, they're smart. They know whatever they get is going to be a heavy, a heavy package. So from a player standpoint, you want those guys on the roster to start the season as soon as possible to be able to start the rebuild process because what Brooklyn is going to be doing, they are going to be rebuilding. They're going from what people thought could be a title contending team with Harden, uh, Kyrie and Kevin Durant to now they're, they're going to tear it all down and try to build it back up because it doesn't look like KD or Kyrie will be on this um, on the roster next season. I think they're going to tear it down, but also I don't know if they need to tear it all the way down. I mean, I do think you could get some all-stars back in return or some viable players back where, hey, you can stay afloat for a while. You're not going to win championships off of it, but you can kind of stay afloat while you build towards the future. I always think it's overstated this idea that you need to you know, tear it all the way down to its studs in the NBA. I've seen it with my Miami Heat. You know, you survive the LeBron departure years by kind of staying afloat, and then you find your way back to the NBA Finals eventually. Coming up next, we switch over to the WNBA, but Brittany Griner made a direct appeal to President Biden for her freedom. We will get into that. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Handwritten letter from Brittany Griner was delivered to the White House on Monday, according to the Griner family, Mike Wells. And Brittany Griner wrote directly to President Biden. She said, I'm terrified I might be here forever. On the 4th of July, our family normally honors the service of those who fought for our freedom, including my father, who is a Vietnam War vet. It hurts thinking about how I usually celebrate this day because freedom means something completely different to me this year. Uh, She went on to say... Uh, that she voted for President Biden. She makes an appeal for him uh, to help her. She said that she's heartbroken to know how much her family and her friends and her teammates are hurting back home. What did you make of the situation right now with Brittany Griner? I mean, it was quiet for a while. And at this point, Mike, I feel like we need to be screaming from every mountaintop that we can be to try to get her home. The fact that it, you said it was, it's was it been quiet for a while, that's that's the disappointing part because had this been a, you know, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, um, this would be 24-7 news cycle. It would be. And But for Brittany be. Griner, this only time we're hearing anything about is when her st- when she is going to be, you know, her lockup is going to last longer or she's going to trial. And I was looking um, – you know, part of, part of something she wrote was that she goes to uh, President Biden, I realize you're dealing with so much, but please do not forget about me and the other detainees. Mm-hmm. Please do not forget about me. She shouldn't have to say that, Amber. No, they she should shouldn't. Be, I mean, she's she, she's one of the very biggest stars in, in, in a sport in this country. I mean, she should not she would, should not be having to remind anybody. I mean, she's a celebrity. Exactly. right? She's a star. I mean, not that we should forget about any detainees if they're not. Uh, I, I don't want to play the you know woman card thing, but that is obvious here, Mike. If this was no, a male it, athlete of that caliber. This would be nonstop. I mean, this would be not if it was LeBron, he'd probably already be home. Let's be real about that. But this would be nonstop. Now, I understand the beginning. It probably didn't help that it seemed like there was a push to kind of keep things quiet because they didn't seem to. It seemed like maybe they didn't want Russia to kind of feel more whatever, get it us kind of dampen those relationships or whatever with the talk. And they were kind of trying to handle it, I think, quietly, uh, maybe a bit more amicably at first. At this point, it's obvious. And, and even uh, there has been statements by the by the national security spokeswoman, uh, Adrian Watson. She said in a statement yesterday that we believe the Russian Federation is wrongfully detaining Brittany Griner. President Biden has been clear about the need to see all U.S. nationals who are held hostage or wrongfully detained abroad released. Uh, it took them a minute to uh, publicly say that she was wrongfully detained. But that's where we're at now. We need to get Brittany Griner home. Scream it from the mountaintops. We are coming down the stretch here on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Amber Wilson and Mike Wells, we have been hanging out with you for the last four hours, filling in for the guys. We had a lot of help on today's show, a lot of KD talk, but a lot of other talk as well. Plus, we started ESPN Radio's two-a-days today where we will be unpacking two teams every single day in the NFL for you as we head towards training camp in that sport. John Shipley 
the Jacksonville Jaguars reporter for Jaguar Report. He helped join us to break down everything Jags. Chris Canty, the host of this show, Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. He stopped by his own show to help hang out with us. He is hosting Greeny all week with Mike Greenberg. You can catch both him and Carlin 10 a.m. to noon Eastern every day. And Dave Burgett dropped by from the Detroit Free Press. He's the Lions reporter there. He's been covering the Lions for a long time. He helped both me, both me and Mike Wells feel a little bit more optimistic about the direction the Lions could be headed. Maybe some room here where they actually will improve uh, this season. And now, Mike Wells, it is time for us to go three and out. Sometimes it's the worst. Sometimes it's the best. Either way, we'll get you straight with everything you need to know. This is three and out. This is 3 and Out. 3 and Out is brought to you by Indeed. Attract, interview, and hire at Indeed.com slash credit. The New York Knicks, they signed Jalen Brunson, $110 million, I believe is what it was, Mike Wells, something astronomical. Well, now they might have to cough up some more money. They are expected to be penalized for tampering regarding their agreement with Jalen Brunson. The Mavericks were apparently frustrated because reports of a finished contract, an agreement between Brunson and the Knicks surfaced. Uh, I do have to say, as a Miami Heat fan, (laughs) when the Heat all of a sudden, at the last second, got thrown into the mix of like, oh, Brunson wants to meet with the Heat in addition to the Knicks in the Mavs, I was like, "Ah, that's just a tampering thing, right? Like, what? What are we doing other than trying to avoid a tampering charge for the Knicks? And it seems like that is, in fact, actually what they were doing, Mike Wells. Well, yeah, listen, it, it is the New York Knicks. Um, they, their organization hadn't exactly uh, – they're not, you know, uh, one of the, you know, organizations that feels like they can – they feel like they can get away with anything. But the, the reality is, Amber, there's tampering going along in every sport. I mean, deals get done behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. You know, it happens during the combine here in Indianapolis prior, a month prior to free agency in the NFL. It happens every single play. So I'm not shocked by it. But now that now the Knicks are going to have to try to clean up their image because of the uh, the the, uh, the possible punishment from the tampering. It does. Uh, it does. It's another knock. It, it's another reason, I guess, for people to kind of pile on the Knicks and, and ma- make fun of the Knicks. Listen, I will say this: like the, the dude's dad is on the coaching staff, so like, of yeah. course, they're tampering. I mean, how could it not be tampering? You're not going to talk to your dad about where you're going. Like, let's be real. You know, like those conversations aren't happening. Like, obviously, like you couldn't even not tamper in that situation Pops, with those sorts of familial. You're on, you're on staff with the Knicks. I'm sorry, Dad. I love right? you. You're I the reason why. You're the reason why I joined this world. But I just can't. So talk unrealistic. And and Dibs is practically his uncle, apparently, with how close they all are in that organization. Like, come on, uh, it's completely unrealistic. So of course, I'm sure there probably was some sort of talks in place there in advance, or at least discussions. And and now the Knicks might get financially hit for it. But I would say in this particular situation, I don't really know how embarrassing it is for the New York. Knicks, uh, but it's always fun to pile on the Knicks. So, hey, I'm here for it. I'm also here for Max Scherzer's return to the Mets tonight. The game right now is uh, delayed, actually, against the Cincinnati Reds. But Scherzer did tell reporters yesterday that he would join the rotation for tonight's game as they face the Reds at Great American Ballpark in Cincinnati. Scherzer's been sidelined since May 18th 
when he departed his start with what was later diagnosed as a left oblique strain. What do you make of the return of the 37-year-old Mike Wells? Well, listen, he, I mean, you're talking about a guy who signed a, a three-year $130 million contract. He's got to earn that money a little bit. But that is a big that is a big lift for a Mets team that has been, you know, you any any normal other season, uh, season they can say, all right, we had a be- the best record of the two New York teams. But that honor goes to the Yankees right now. But the fact that the Mets are sitting on top of the NL East over the defending World Series champions, Atlanta Braves, this is going to be a big boost for the Mets rotation. So uh, I'm, I'm all about it. it. It's exciting to see two baseball teams in New York having a lot of success this year. Scherzer, he recently completed a minor league rehab assignment where he struck out 14 batters in six innings, spread across a couple starts. <laughs> the Reds ranked 13th in National League OPS. So uh, a little bit of a soft landing maybe for his return. Maybe that's why they targeted uh, this matchup tonight there so uh i think max scherzer is going to be just fine the three-time Cy young winner eight-time all-star he owns just about every record in the book he's 37 i don't know i mean listen when you're up in your late 30s no bleak strain takes a little bit longer to bounce back from but uh, it seems like max scherzer is going to be back and be able to help that mets team as well also back mike greer this is a cool story Mike Greer becomes the first black general manager in NHL history. Mike Greer, uh, who is the brother of Chris Greer, who is the GM of the Dolphins. Greer, 47. He will replace interim GM Joe Will, a move that comes just four days after the San Jose fired uh, their coach and his staff. Greer is the oldest brother of Chris Greer. He played 14 seasons in the NHL for four different teams, including these San Jose Sharks, before retiring back in 2011 he spent this past season as the Rangers hockey operations advisor. The Sharks have not confirmed Greer's hiring, but listen, I'm here to tell you, Mike Wells, he's hired. The NHL has their first black general manager uh, way too long coming. I love it. I love that. I love it. And the fact that, um, you know, you have also Chris Greer um, out there. So, I, yeah, I mean, it parents. is. Parents. These Greer parents, right? I mean, uh, the kids, just overachievers, just taking over man. sports. Seriously. Those are some, right? Those are some proud darn parents. Listen, Both my mom was like, those are my babies. Those are yeah, my babies no, right there. That's my babies. <laughs> but the fact that you have, you know, the first black um, NHL general manager, it's great to see that that is a huge step for, you know, what what is the fourth of the four major sports in the U.S., so it is a step in the right direction. Let's continue to see. Let's continue to build off of it and see more opportunities for minorities there. Yeah, Chris Greer released a statement. I'm incredibly happy and proud of Mike. This is a statement through the Miami Dolphins. He said the San Jose Sharks organization is getting a man of high character and integrity. Uh, He goes on to talk about his passion, uh, how much Mike understands the game. So a brother, very, very proud of his big brother. The NHL becomes the last of the four major American sports to have a black GM. The NBA did it in 1972, baseball in 76. The NFL broke in in 2002. Now it took us till 2022 to get one in the NHL. So goodness, but uh, 
At least, at least we have it now. So that is a very, very cool story for the Greer family. Very cool story for the San Jose Sharks and a very cool story here for Mike Greer as well. Big ups. Also, big ups to all of you for listening to the last four hours of Amber Wilson and Mike Wells filling in for the guys here on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. It has been fun. Lots of KD talk to unpack. I'm guessing they're probably going to cover that next also. Spain and Fitz are coming up right now.